G'day and welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. This is my interview with Hal Elrod. If you haven't heard of him, he is the author of the all-time bestseller, The Miracle Morning, and now the new The Miracle Equation. I hope you enjoy it. G'day guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, how the heck are you? Hope you're well. Thank you for tuning in to this interview today with Hal Elrod. Guys, before we get in there, thanks so much for tuning in. I really do hope you enjoy the interviews that I have here. I love it. I've been doing it for a while now. We're over the 800 mark, so it's um, yeah, pretty pretty cool to be there. And um, there's a reason why I do it is because I get to speak to rad people like Hal and talk about you know their interests, their research, their areas of expertise. And certainly, if you haven't heard of Hal, um, you have now. He is the author of a book that he launched about several years ago to become a bestseller, New York Times bestseller, a phenomenal book, um, really simple sort of guide to kickstarting your day, and it's called The Miracle Morning. Six common principles that he found that throughout history a lot of these successful people have done, and what he started to do when he went through a bit of trauma is incorporating those into his morning routine, and he found phenomenal results from it. He's also written the new book, The Miracle Equation, which we discussed towards the end of this interview, and it's about having belief and undeniable effort towards anything you achieve and you can create a miracle. It's a fascinating, inspirational, motivational interview with Hal. We did have a little bit of a blackout here on my end towards the end of the interview, so apologies for that little cut, but it uh, flows on from there pretty well anyway. Guys, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you at the other end. Cheers. G'day, Hal, and welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. How are you? Lee, I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. As I was mentioning, uh, this is it's 6 a.m. where I'm at, and I am a, a, an early riser, but uh, I've never done a 6 a.m. interview, so I'm really excited for this. <laughs> the man behind the miracle morning. I mean, this is this has been a book that's been out for several years now, but a huge success. Um, and I suppose, as you just mentioned to me pre-interview, you didn't actually think it was ever going to be that big, but it, it's turned out to be a great uh, book and a timeless read, and um, certainly many have claimed to um, have that book backing their transformation in life. Yeah, yeah. When I wrote it, um, I, you know, I, 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 well, so the Miracle Morning was a more. It wasn't a book idea or a book title. It was a. It was my morning ritual in 2008 when the United States economy crashed, um, and we had you know the global recession. Hmm. I uh, I kind of crashed with it. I, I I was a coach at that time, uh, like business coach, and my all the my clients were suffering the effects of the economy, and it trickled down, and they just kind of came to me and said, I, I, "We can't afford to pay you as a coach." Wow! And I lost over half my clients, and then I lost my house, and uh, I went deep in debt, and um, looking for something to turn my life around. I created this morning ritual, and within two months, my life transformed so dramatically uh, in every way. I went from I was deep in debt, you know, and I doubled my income in those two months. Um, I uh, I went from being in the worst shape of my life physically, having not exercised in about six months, to committing to run a 52 mile uh, or 112 kilometer uh, uh, marathon. Thank you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got it. Man. Yeah, I speak in I speak overseas a lot, so I'm used to that. But um, yeah, and so my life changed so fast. I was talking to my wife, and I go, "Sweetie, I said this morning routine I'm doing, and because it, 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 it didn't have a name, she, I said it feels like a miracle." And she goes, "It's your miracle morning." Hmm. I go, "Yeah, 
Miracle Morning. So I just started writing it. My schedule every day is Miracle Morning. And then I taught it to my coaching clients. And um, every single one of my coaching clients said, Hal, I'm not a morning person, but you're pretty convincing. I'll give it a try. And every single, almost everyone, I think there was only one that didn't stick with it, but a virtual more, you know, 90% yeah. did. Yeah. And they said, Hal, I wasn't a morning person, but this changed my life. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I went, I have to write a book about this. Like I have a responsibility to, you know, cause I wasn't a morning person. This changed my life. None of my clients were morning people. This changed their life. This could change the world. It could change anybody's life. And so, um, I set out to write the book and just thought, well, you know, I, I, I owe it to whoever will read this book. And I was thinking it might be in the hundreds or thousands, not in the millions, you know, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it uh, you know uh, you know to, here we are. So I love stories like that. Yeah, what what a cool and where the title came from too. That's awesome. What um, before you say so you were a business coach? You say what sort of businesses or what sort of coaching did you you provide? Um, I uh, well, so my background was in direct sales, uh-huh. and the so that was where I first started. I, I when I decided I wanted to coach people, and it was because I had hired a coach, and when I hired a coach. Um, I doubled my sales from one year to the next. And it was basically my my last year with my company before I left to become an author and a speaker and a coach and all these things and pursue my dreams in those areas. And um, the uh, 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 oh, so I asked, sorry, I drew a blank there. So my my I asked myself, you know, who am I qualified to coach? Mm. And I thought, you know, I'm only at that time I was only 25. I thought I haven't done, you know, the only thing I've really done is I've sold a, a lot of you know, Cutco kitchen cutlery. That was the product that I sold. Yeah, right. And so I thought I'm really just qualified to teach people how to sell at a really high level. Imposter and syndrome so coming in I, there. Right? Say again. The imposter syndrome coming in there. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Mm. And so um, I, uh, I ended up. So that that's where I really started. Was my first, you know, dozen clients were all uh, colleagues of mine, uh, and then and then I branched off into one of my first my first client. Uh, client outside of direct sales was actually a, a 45 year old financial advisor who was, you know, almost twice as old as me. Mm. And, uh, and I coached him for two or three years and, you know, and then just kind of just started coaching various business Still people and, and kind of doing life coaching as well, you know, kind of blended together. Yeah. Any, any quick snippet of advice you'd give someone looking to going into coaching? I mean, I've got a lot of people out there that probably feel like that's something they might want to do, or maybe they're just starting into it. Any, um, you know, a few bits of advice you'd give? Yeah. Um, you know, coaches are, uh, that's a great question because coaching has become a really watered down profession mm. in, in a way. And, and what I mean by that is anybody can call themselves a coach, right? And, um, and, and, you know, anybody does. It's like entrepreneur. So, yeah. Yeah. So the way that I look at it is y- y- there's a few different kinds of coaches and I, and I'll give some advice that'll save you some money here too, uh, if you want to be a coach, but yeah. there, there is, um, there's, you know, someone that decides I need a change in career and I want to be a coach. So they go to some sort of coaching training school or certification and they become a coach and, and that's great. Um, and, the, and that person, you know, could potentially help a lot of people if they really understand the methodologies of good coaching because it really involves asking good questions and helping ideally helping the client come up with their own answers right that's kind of what a good coach does mm. but to me the 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 ideally the coach you want isn't just someone that understands how to ask good questions and how to coach 
you want someone that's done what you are trying to do. That yep. that's to me that's ideal. Like if I'm hired, like if I you know if, if I got ten coaches or a hundred coaches lined up, you know, and ninety five of them have gone through coaches training, but they haven't actually done what I'm trying to do. Let's say I'm trying to earn a million dollars or write a best selling book or you know run a marathon or whatever. Um, but they've done none of those things, but they go, no, no, I can help you because I can bring out your best. And you go, well, I'd rather look at these other five that they've also, they also understand the methodology of good coaching, but they've actually started that million, you know, they've grown they've a business to a million dollars. Yeah. yeah, they've been in the trenches. And so hmm. for me, if I'm looking for a good coach, that that I want someone that's actually done what I'm trying to do. Now, if you are um, looking at being a coach, the, the one thing that I would I would uh, offer you to consider is there's a lot of coaches training schools out there and they say you need to get certified to be a coach. Hmm. Um, I'm not certified in anything, but I, I've er, meaning I've gone through coaches training, so I learn it, but I haven't gone through one of those expensive, you know, ten thousand dollar or whatever it is. Coach yeah, training programs. Yeah. Because here's the thing, the only person that, that cares about your certification is the, the school that's giving the certification. You know, I, I've coached hundreds of people and none of, I mean, I won't say none, maybe maybe less than a handful literally, Lee, have said, are you certified? Right? Yeah. Like, it, it's an industry that was created by these coaching schools, making you think that you need a certification. Hmm. You just need to know how to get people results. People sign up not for your certification, they sign up for you for results. And so, well, you can if you can do. get them hmm. the results that they're looking for, you're a great coach. Yeah. And again, if you've gone there yourself and you've gotten those results in your own life, you have a much better shot of helping them get the results they want than if you have never done what they want to do and you're operating purely off of coaching methodology and theory versus real life experience. Yeah, that's good advice. Not only if you're looking to get a coach for yourself or if you're becoming a coach, there's, there's a lot of sure. advice in there. So you, and this is where I want to go with that question is you were you're coaching, um, I assume in related to your skills in from the sales background, helping your colleagues and building it up from there. The economy crashed in 2008. Um, did you have a morning routine before then or you were just not a morning person at all? Wasn't a morning person at all. My morning routine was wake up at the last minute, hit the few, snooze button a few times and uh, go to the office at the last That's minute. That's crazy, to, huh? To so you, after that you know, downturn in the economy, you lost your house, etc. What made you decide to start this miracle morning routine? So my, one of my closest friends, uh, John Berghoff, he... Uh, he gave me some advice, you know, kind of, I, I, I went down this downward spiral for about six months mm. and, you know, lost over half of my income that, that happened in, you know, in two months, but, um, and, and my body fat percentage tripled. You look like uh, a I pretty just, skinny I, dude. I mean, were you, were you overweight before or just not No, as I was, I've always been thin, but I went from thin and in shape <laughs> or in decent shape to, yes. uh, thin, you know, to thin with layers of fat on top of my thinness. I just, when the economy <laughs> yeah. crashed, I canceled my gym membership and I stopped uh -huh. exercising. And, um, you know, I was in scarcity fear mode where I would wake up and I would go into my office and I, because I felt like I needed to invest every, you know, second available second into earning more money and, and nothing was working. I was just, you know, banging my head against the wall, not making, yeah. nothing was working. And, um, the, uh, uh, I, I went, my, my friend John said, Hal, you, are you exercising every day? And I said, no, man, I haven't exercised, you know, in about six months. 
And he said, okay, if you're not putting yourself, you know, if you're not getting yourself in a peak physical uh, state, which will put you in a peak mental and emotional state by getting blood and oxygen to your brain, he said, you're not going to have the mental clarity that you need to turn your situation around. Hmm. He said, if I were you, I would go for a run every morning. I said, John, I'll stop you right there. I hate running. And he said, what do you hate worse, running or your current circumstances? And I, I smiled and kind of, okay, all right, all right, good, touche. Great, I'll go it? for yeah. a run. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and he said, and while you're on that run, he said, listen to a, a business audiobook, a self-help audiobook. He said, listen to something where the topic is in alignment with whatever you need to improve in your life right now. Yeah. And, uh, and so I said, well, I need coaching clients. He goes, well, go listen to an audiobook on coaching clients. He goes, actually, before you do that, and he, he recommended a Jim Rohn audio. He said, I would listen to this one Jim Rohn audio and gosh, I forget what it was even called. <laughs> Something about your be- living your best life, I think. And, um, he said, this is a good foundational audio before you dive into, you know, the, the weeds on growing your business. Yeah. And so I went, all right, I'll, you know, reluctantly, I thought I'll go for a run tomorrow morning and I'll listen to this audio and, <clears throat> I really was thinking it was a waste of my time. I'm thinking I should be in my office trying to get clients, you know. And on the run, I heard a, a single quote, Lee, that that is responsible for, A, for the Miracle Morning being born. I mean, this quote is what gave birth to the Miracle Morning. Hmm. <coughs> it's from Jim Rohn. He said, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success is something you attract by the person you become. And in that moment, I realized I'm not dedicating time every day to my personal development. Therefore, I'm not becoming the person that I need to be to attract and sustain the success yes, that I want, want in my life. Mm, yeah. And so my epiphany was I've got I, – I, I go – I I ran home and I opened up my computer and I, I went to Google and I thought I've got to figure out what do the most successful people do for their, their personal development and I'm going to do that and so that I can you know create the same type of results. And you know, it's the old – simple philosophy that if you do what successful people do, right, you'll get successful results, you know? And I ran home and I just started Googling phrases like, you know, best personal development practices, personal development rituals of millionaires, personal development routines of champions, you know, just, just all sorts of phrases like this. And I was looking for the one practice that would turn my life around, Mm. but I ended up with a list of six. Yes, And I was trying to decipher which of these six is the best and going to give me the biggest bang for my buck. And it was meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling. And depending on which millionaire or billionaire or, you know, Olympian or world champion that you, that you read about or that you, you know, you, you read interviews from, um, any one of those was what they would attribute their success to. Yes. Um, Right. And so I, I, I almost gave up. I go, man, I don't know which of these I should do. And then the epiphany, the real breakthrough was when I went, wait a minute. What if I did all of these? What if I woke up tomorrow morning and I did the six most proven, timeless personal development practices that the world's most successful people in all walks of life have sworn by for centuries. No, it wasn't anything new. What was new was putting them all together. And I woke up the next morning. I was terrible by the way at all of these. Like I didn't know how to meditate. I didn't know how to visualize. I thought, but, but, but even doing like, you know, my first miracle morning was really a mediocre morning. Like I, I sucked at them, but at an hour into it and I went, Oh my gosh, 
if I start every day like this, especially if I get better and I learn how to meditate and I learn how to do visualization, I learn how to do all these things. Yeah. I thought, it, but because after that hour, I felt incredible. And I thought it's only a matter of time before I start to become the person that I need to be, as Jim Rohn said, through my daily personal development, that then I will be able to create the success that I really want in my life because I'll become that person. And, and let me say this before we move on. If we're measuring success on a scale of one to 10, Lee, I, th I think it's safe to say we all want level 10 success, right? Yeah. Nobody wants, nobody's like, well, I don't want to be too successful. Well, you know, I just want like a level yeah, eight. Or, I'll hit I don't want seven. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's in every area too. I, I'm not just talking about your career, or your your business, or your finances. We want level 10 health. Level well, how 10 do you define success? Say again? How do you define success? No, the question is how do you define success? Because that's that, that for me, we want level 10 however we would define it. What's exactly. a level that's 10 good, marriage look <laughs> like to you? Yeah, what does level 10 financial success look like to you? For some people that might be earning $100,000 a year and or, or, or for some people it might be earning more money than they make, right? I mean, for me, that's financial freedom is if you earn more money than you make and ideally you earn it, you know, passively, meaning that you, whether you work or not, you have sources of income set up so that you don't have to work. Like I, I had cancer for a year hmm. or I mean, I'm technically it's, you know, I, I'll be dealing with it with forever. But two years ago, I was diagnosed with a really rare and aggressive form of cancer and I was given you know a 30% chance of surviving. It's a, it was, you know, was, I was almost, I was, my heart was failing, my kidneys were failing, my lungs were failing. And I was, the doctor said I was, you know, I was days away from, from dying, uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer. So for an entire year, I didn't work and I earned more income that year than my entire, ever in my entire life. And it's because I had, you know, 13 books published and I had an event, I had all these different things in place, these sources of income. So, right. So, I mean, so to me, that's level 10 success where yeah. you could, you could be, you could not work for a year and your income stays the same. Right. So that, so the point is. So success is personal. 10, hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's how do you define level 10 success? What's level 10 health look like for you? What's level 10, you know, relationships, yep. level 10 marriage, et cetera. Yep. So, so for me. Um, I, I started doing all six of those practices and then, you know, I kind of told the end of the story, which is, you know, two months later, my life had changed so radically. I was telling my wife, I go, sweetie, we've doubled our income. I am, I am running, you know, I'm training for this ultra marathon. I was depressed two months ago. That went away. You know, I, I it feels like a miracle. And then she goes, it's, it's your miracle morning. And yeah. then, you know, the rest is kind of history, as they say, even at that point, I didn't know it was going to be a book. I mean that, you know, that was a couple months later that I had that idea. And, you know, and then it's been about seven, eight years uh, since the Miracle Morning published, and it's now translated in 34 languages. It sold 1.7 million copies, and I never, in my wildest dreams, um, you know, really honestly imagined that any of those would happen. Plus, all the offshoots of it, yeah. Like I've just read the Miracle Morning for real estate agents because I'm in real estate. Oh, that's um, awesome! And there's there's all these different offshoots of of the Miracle Morning. Like it's just pfft, taken off. Yeah, is, yeah, uh, with the Miracle Morning for parents and families, for writers, yeah. for entrepreneurs, for I mean. You, there's about uh, a little over a dozen college students, you name it. Now, most most of these, and again, I haven't read them all, so uh, <laughs> and I probably would never read them all, but the six <laughs> fundamental principles in them are the same, yeah? So it's the six, the keys that you just mentioned, which I, I believe I read the SAVERS acronym. Is that the one that you mentioned in the Miracle Morning as well? Yeah, so my wife gets credit again. I was I was writing the book, and mm. I was, one day I was frustrated, and I, I, I walked out of my office and she could, you know, sense the frustration on my face. She goes, what's wrong? And I said, well, all, you know, all these authors 
give their readers a like some sort of framework that's simple and Hmm. memorable yeah and i said i've got these six you know hodgepodge random practices that none of them are new they're not really interconnected you know i I said i don't know how to how i'm going to frame this and she goes why don't you get a thesaurus and see if you can replace any of the those six words with another word and then and then arrange them into an acronym that people could remember Hmm. and you know i kissed her on the lips and i said you're brilliant I'll, i'll give it a shot and um so the meditation became silence and journaling became scribing and the acronym is s a v e r s these are the savers uh silence affirmations visualization exercise reading and scribing yeah and the beauty of the acronym it's almost like it when it when i figured it out it was like this light shone down and it was divine and i go I go, these are literally the six practices that are virtually guaranteed to save you from the life that you are, you know, that, that we all want to live, but most of us never do because we don't fulfill our potential. These are the lifesavers, you know, and, and so it was really a really a perfect acronym. It worked out well. <laughs> yeah. The, well, um, and, and Robert Kiyosaki. So um, one of my favorite authors, yeah. business authors, Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, hmm. um, he reached out to me and uh, his assistant reached out and said, hey, Robert has read The Miracle Morning three times. And my jaw, you know, dropped at that point. I went, what? One of my favorite authors has read my book three times. That's pretty cool. And she said, he actually practices the Miracle Morning every day and he wants to interview you on his radio show. And so he interviewed me on the show and at the end, and I'll paraphrase what he said, but he, he really said it best. And it was that he said, Hal, before the Miracle Morning, every successful person on the planet practices and swears by at least one of the savers. He said, you know, I, I did about, you know, three of them every day. Yeah. He said, but I had never heard of anyone that did all six of these timeless, you know, ancient practices. Mm. And uh, he said, that's what makes the miracle morning. I believe such a miracle is that if you do one of these, it'll change your life. If you do two or three, you're going to radically accelerate how quickly and dramatically it changes your life. He said, but if you do all six, he said, it, it's a miracle, you know? And I went, oh, that's a great way of, you know, of framing it. So that is cool. Yeah. Was in your research and when you when you started looking into all these different practices that you could do to really accelerate your morning and accelerate your day and your performance and your success. Was there anything outside these six that you came across that seemed to be common, but just quite not there? Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of I mean, there's breath work, you know, there's there's you know, I don't even know there's infinite different spiritual or personal development practices. Um, and a lot of people incorporate those into their miracle morning. Uh, there's also infinite variations within the savers, right? Mm. So it's kind of like one of those things where, you know, it's a minute to learn and a lifetime to master. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Meditation is yeah. a great example. You know, I mean, I've, 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 I've read a lot of meditation books and most meditation gurus say that, you know, they're a beginner until about 10 years of daily meditation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then they say, they, they actually master it by about year 20 or 30. <laughs> you know, crazy, so you yeah. think about that. Um, and, but and even a lot of those practices, when you're looking at, you know, prayer, for example, I mean, that could be, you know, part of the meditation and even affirmation sort of process. I mean, that could well, be incorporated is, and That's why those, I love mm. that meditation, you know, when I, looked at, when I looked in the thesaurus and meditation became silence, I actually really uh, liked that because 
many people, many practitioners of the Miracle Morning, their silence time is not meditation, it is prayer. Yeah. Um, I would say for most, it is a combination of the two or probably lean toward meditation. But I think, I think the majority of Miracle Morning practitioners, you know, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll spend a minute or five in prayer and then they'll meditate for five minutes or 10 minutes or something like that. And most people's Miracle Morning is 30 to 60 minutes. You know, they'll do each of the savers for 10 minutes each, or they'll mix it up where they'll, let's say, exercise for 20, um, read for 20, and then do the other four for five, you know, meditate, affirmations, visualization, and journaling for five minutes each. You can really customize it according to your schedule and your time and, you know, your, your preferences. Yeah, look, I'll encourage the audience if they haven't already picked up a copy of the book, go and pick up a copy because you'll be able to read it and understand it's easy to digest. The acronym yeah, it's makes a short it really, book too. <laughs> yeah, makes it really understandable. I want to delve into your Miracle Morning. How? What do you like? What do you dedicate to each part of it, and, and how does your morning start out? Like, what time does it start, and where do we go? Yeah, so I my ideal morning is three thirty a.m. That's incredible. That's three thirty. Yeah, what happened was, so I wasn't a morning person. I used to wake up at 6 a.m. because that was when I kind of had to, you know, get in, I would get in my too. office by yeah. 7, and, yeah. right? And then, so so the idea of waking up at 5 a.m. to do this whole morning ritual that, again, didn't have a name back then, um, and uh, was like, it was it was like in my it was hard to even get my you know go how am I gonna wake up who wakes up at five a.m. and then you know in my head when I asked myself that question it was like oh the world's most successful people <laughs> I was like okay um, and uh, and and so and I also the other voice in my head was my mentor one of my mentors Kevin Bracy used to always say very simple but very profound if you want your life to be different you have to be willing to do something different first. Hmm. And most of us do the same thing over and over, right? We, we're like wondering why life isn't getting better and changing mm-hmm. and improving. Yeah. Um, and so so that that actual voice was, if you want your life to be different, you have to be willing to do something different first. I thought, I got to do it. I got to try it. Got up at 5 a.m. After a week of doing 5 to 6 a.m., I was getting so much benefit from these morning, these miracle mornings that I, I go, I want more of this. Like, how could I get more juice? How could I get more to more time, more to, more time to d- go even deeper in these practices? And then the voice in my head was wake up an hour earlier. And I go, wake up at four. Who wakes up at four? And then I went, I'll give it a try. I got excited. I go, I'm, I'm going to try it. And I woke up the next morning at four. And this was in 2007 or 2008. Um, and I've, I haven't looked back. Well, when are you going to bed at night? Um, so I, back then I would get six hours of sleep. So I'd go to bed at 10, wake up at four, um, after I got cancer and I looked at what are all the factors that could have contributed to my cancer. I don't think it was lot, you know, that it was sleeping six hours a night. Um, uh, but, but, but I, you know, that it, I, nobody really knows. So I, 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 once I had cancer and beyond, I've, I've moved to seven hours a night. So I go to bed at, I put my kids to bed at seven 30. Um, and then I go to bed. I, and then I, you know, I, my wife and I usually hang out in the morning and during the day. Uh, sometimes we'll spend a little time, like 30 minutes together, just kind of, you know, on the couch in the evening. And then I'm in bed by 8:30 to wake up at 3:30. And then two nights a week, I have dedicated to my wife that, sweetie, I will stay up with you as late as you want, and uh, you know, to hang out with friends or date night or whatever. So uh, two nights a week. Um, I usually don't stay up too much later, but I'll usually sit till 9:30 occasionally later, but my foundational schedule that I stick with on a average five day a week basis is 
in bed by 8.30, up by 3.30. All right, wow. So 3.30, boom. It, um, you probably don't even wake to an alarm. You probably just do that naturally now, I assume. Um, oh, I actually do use an alarm. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I do try to wake up before my alarm. Uh, I kind of do some, you know, some stuff I've read about, just kind of mind programming before bed, saying I'm going to wake up at this time. And hmm. uh, and I'd say, you know, probably, I don't know, th- half the week I wake up before my alarm and then yep. half the week I don't. It just kind of depends. Um, the uh, And the other thing is when I had cancer, because of all the, you know, dr- prescription chemotherapy drugs I was on, I, I had really bad insomnia. So it really threw me off for about, you know, about a, about a year when I was yeah. in the hospital and uh, I would just sleep whenever I could, you know, so that was kind of a mess, but, um, but yeah, but, but now that I'm back to normal and then when I wake up, uh, three 30 to four is, is my buffer time. So meaning I, I, I don't, uh, there's, I, I, that's waking up, drinking a full glass of water, uh, taking a few vitamins, making a cup of coffee. Um, I do a thing called the Beamer mat, which is, which is like a health, uh, electromagnetic mat that I lay on for 10 minutes in the morning. So 3.30 to 4 is just brushing my teeth, just getting acclimated to the day. 4 to 5 is when I do my savers. So that's my miracle morning is 4 to 5. And then at 5 a.m., I will either uh, do an extended period of reading where I'll read a business book for an hour, uh, or if I have a big project like I'm writing my next book, like for example, I just published a new book called The Miracle Equation, and for the last, you know, while I was writing that book for six months, every morning at five, I hit the ground running and I worked on, you know, writing the book. So often that 5 a.m. time, if I have a big project that I'm working on, I, I make sure that I right after Miracle Morning, I transition right into the project so I can hit the ground running and overcome that, you know, natural inclination to procrastinate on yeah. our big hairy, audacious goals. Yeah. And I dive right in the morning so that I, I you know, kind of break the, break the seal and, and make some progress. Then that gets me going throughout the rest of the day to work on that project. Well and truly start your day before everyone else and uh, right into it, pumped up. So with that hour of the savers, do you dedicate, I mean, a large chunk to the exercise routine? Because I find that that's typically where my time goes in the morning. And, and for me personally, at the moment, it's, it's a five o'clock start until about seven. And um, nice. usually I, I try and do the meditation for about 20 minutes first when I get up. And then when I'm exercising, whether it's jogging or swimming, I'm a big swimmer at the moment. Um, that's when I, I do my affirmations and visualizations while I'm doing the, you know, the laps. Um, and then after that, uh, the reading may come or I'll listen to some audio. Um, usually I'll read at night as well. And the scribing is actually something that I haven't done as much of. Um, I used to do it a lot, but I actually now sort of just write. I write a blog and things like that. Um, so I yeah. sort of focus on my art, you know, whether it's a recording a podcast or writing a blog or something like that. Um, sure. I the, love that. I love your miracle morning. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's something that I've incorporated. And that's when I read your acronym, I was just like, wow, that's, that's very similar to the things that I've picked up on and the things that I've found the most benefits out of. Is there any bit of advice that you'd give to listeners out there starting this out? Because it can be a little bit uh, overwhelming, I suppose. You know, how am I going to do all these six things? What sort of advice would you give them on, on getting started? Yeah, so before I answer that, make sure you remember that question because I want to touch on one thing you just said a minute ago. Um, and you mentioned the exercise portion. You asked if, you know, yes. if that was something I, I went heavy into. So um, for anybody listening, so first of all, I'll say this. The Miracle Morning, uh, I mentioned that most people make it 60 minutes. Uh, there is an entire chapter in the book called The Six-Minute Miracle Morning. And wow. it's not it's – not, uh, it's actually a legitimate – practice where on days where you don't have, you know, let's say you, 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 you just don't have 
a lot of time in the morning because yep. you've got an early like today I had a podcast right early in the morning. So on days where you don't have time to do a full 30 to 60 minutes, um, you can do a six minute version. And when it comes to exercise and so, you know, one minute of meditation, you're not going to go extraordinarily deep, but you are going to calm your mind and get centered for the day. Hmm. One minute of reading your affirmations and you're reading statements that are articulating what you're what you're committed to, what your what your you know your highest goals are, what you're going to do that day, yeah. and that does put you in the right mindset. And then you know even exercising for one minute, doing a minute of jumping jacks, that gets your 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 you know blood throughout your body, oxygen throughout your body, gets your heart rate up. So for me in the morning, my miracle morning is not my main period of exercise. I go do workouts later in the day. Gotcha. Um, I usually at six fifteen a.m. two days a week. I go to Orange Theory, which is a workout center here. Oh, I do yoga, but I do it at, usually my, I do a workout a little bit later. And so in, but first thing in the morning, you only need one to five minutes of exercise to prime your body and get that blood flowing so that you, you feel better. You release serotonin and endorphins yeah. and you, right. You think clear because the blood and oxygen flow into the brain. And so, yeah, just, just do, you know, a little, I just do a little bit of jumping jacks or stretching to get myself awake and get my body moving in the morning. That's um, really important advice. I mean, it doesn't have to be getting up, you know, a couple of hours earlier just to start this. I mean, you could start by getting up half an hour early and doing a smaller routine. Yes. And yeah. that, and that leads into the answer to your question, which yeah. is, um, you know, how do you get started with this? Well, when I, every time, you know, I speak all over the world and my speech is, uh, it, it, almost every single time, 99% of the time, it is the miracle morning. I, I it's basically what I, similar to what I'm, I'm sharing today, just with more, you know, a framework, but, or more of a structure. But the, uh, the, the, at the end of the speech, I, I say, look, you know, learning something doesn't change your life. It's living something that changes your life. Hmm. And so how many of you, you know, feel like the miracle morning can make a radical impact in your life? And, you know, almost every hand goes up. And I say, okay, here you let, let's 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 put this into action. And I give them a 30-day challenge. So I'll give this to all the listeners right now. Yeah. Um, and the 30-day challenge, I am a big fan. I, I've I've you know I've studied behavior change for decades now, and our life doesn't change until we make a change, until we do something different. And so um, the the Miracle Morning 30-day challenge, it's really simple. In its simplest form, it's wake up 30 minutes earlier and do one of the savers and join the Miracle Morning community so you can get support on your journey. Hmm. So waking up 30 minutes earlier, right, the less we try to change, the better at once, right? If we try to radically change everything, and that's a big, that's the thing is people will try to, you know, if they're addicted to soda, for example, they'll try to completely quit soda hmm. and their addiction is so strong that they usually fail and they're pulled back in. It's a much better strategy if you drink, you know, a 12 pack of soda a day, go to 11 sodas, you know, for a few days, then go to 10 and then go to nine and then go to eight, right? Then all of a sudden, by the time you get down to no, you know, one soda, it's a lot easier to go from one soda to zero yeah. than from 12 sodas to zero, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier to go from waking up at, you know, 7 a.m. to waking up at 6.30 than it is to go from 7 to 5 or whatever. Yep. So wake up 30 minutes earlier. And then also, if you want to do all of the savers, of course you can. But again, the more you try to change it once, the more likely you are to fall back. So I always tell people, just do the R, for example. If somebody buys the Miracle Morning book, well, all they have to do to start the Miracle Morning, it, it couldn't get more uh, more simple. You wake up 30 minutes earlier and you only do the R, meaning you read. 
right? And you read the Miracle Morning. And then as you're reading the book and you're really getting your mindset around this concept and, and the power and the value of waking up early and, and doing this morning ritual, then when you get to the first S in savers, which is silence, and you read that chapter, you go, oh, okay, I see how this, this is a really easy way to start meditation. I'm going to incorporate silence now into the 30 minutes that I'm waking up earlier to do my reading. So maybe you do silence for five minutes and you read for 25. Then when you get to the chapter on affirmations, right? And so on and so forth. So as you learn each of the savers, you incorporate each one into that morning ritual. Progressive. And last but not least, if you go to miraclemorning.com and scroll down to where you see a big uh, thing that says join the community, The Miracle Morning community has become, it's a Facebook group that has become one of the most engaged and fastest growing online communities in the world. We have 215,000 members. It's a free group. Hmm. and uh, from over a hundred countries that wake up every day and support each other, and it, it really has become this uh, just a beautiful thing to to watch. And that way, you're not by yourself. You get to go in there, you see other people doing it, you ask questions, and there are people that have been doing it in there for you know for five, six, seven, eight years that have done well over a thousand miracle mornings. And then there's people that'll be just like you that are just getting started, and you can kind of you know get get support from a, a whole uh, different variety of people. Yeah, it's amazing, huh? What a community. And this leads to your next book, and I can I can see it already by just talking with you. Um, the equation, it's the miracle equation. Talk to us about how this began. And I assume it began after your bout with cancer. There, yeah. It, so the miracle equation, uh, the two decisions that move your biggest goals from possible to probable to inevitable. Right, that is the new book. Most people, I would imagine, assume that. You know, oh, the Miracle Morning was so successful that Hal created a spinoff called the Miracle Equation, and that would be a very fair assumption. Yeah. <laughs> However, it's not. It's not the case. the The irony is, the Miracle Equation is a concept that I created and I named it the Miracle Equation about seven years before the Miracle Morning was not? even a thought. Hmm. Um. And uh, the the Miracle Equation I created that when I was twenty years old. The Miracle Morning, I was 26, 27 when I created that. Um, and the irony is that the Miracle Equation, not the book, but the actual what it is, the formula, the two decisions, um, it, that is how I made the Miracle Morning, uh, a, you know, uh, how, how I was able to reach over a million people with that the book. So the Miracle Equation, I created it when I was in sales and I was trying to break a, a company record. So the Cutco company had been around at that time for about 51 years. Hmm. And I was trying to, in 10 days, I was trying to sell $20,000 of Cutco kitchen knives. And this particular feat I was trying to do had never been done before. It felt like a miracle. That's why I called it the miracle equation because I thought, okay, if I, if I were to do this, no one's ever done it in 50 years. This would feel like a miracle. And, and so I thought, well, what – what are the commitments I would have to make or the decisions I would have to make now? So this was like a few days before it started. Mm. I thought, what are the decisions I would have to make in order to achieve this seemingly impossible feat? And and by the way, as you'll come to find, these are the same two decisions that the world's most successful people in all walks of life have made to accomplish extraordinary feats. Mm-hmm. And whatever goals you have in your life, the bigger the goal, in fact, I would I would I would go as far as to say 
goals, more like dreams, things that you would love to accomplish, but you don't even really believe that they're possible. Yeah. That that's the type of goals that, that this formula is about achieving. And so, um, for, for me, I, I, I thought, okay, well, what would prevent me from reaching my goals? And, and these are the, the same thing, same two factors that would prevent anybody from reaching their goals. Number one is I thought, if I don't really believe that I can reach the goal, then I'm not really going to try. I'm not really going to give it my all yep. if I don't believe I can reach it. Yeah. So my first decision was I have to I have to make a an, a decision that I will maintain unwavering faith in myself, not in a higher power, not faith, and not that I don't have faith in a higher power, but yeah. I, I thought I have to maintain faith that I can do whatever is necessary that I will follow through to reach this goal. Having belief, and I thought, yeah. And I've got to maintain. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Having belief is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah belief yeah. is another another way of putting it, right? So I've got to believe that I can reach the goal. Mm. And, and by the way, that's not like that. It it has to be tangible, rooted in reality. Meaning, I have to actually tell myself I am committed. I I, I can reach this goal, no matter what, regardless of my results along the way. There's no other option. I'm fully committed, and and that. You know, that that was an important piece of it was regardless of my results, because for most of us, it's, you know, it's one thing to establish the belief you can do something. If you follow self-help or personal development, it, you know, if you're an optimist, then you believe in the optimist credo, which mm. is anything is possible. Mm. But possible is not enough to get us out of bed in the morning with, with a commitment because, yeah, anything's possible. But we don't pursue that which is possible. We pursue that which is probable. You think about that. Like, if you're listening right now, when was the last time that you worked your butt off and gave it everything you have to reach a goal that you didn't actually believe was was likely to happen? Mm. Yeah. Right. Without that, we we don't do that. No. We, we, we human nature is to pursue certainty. So we look at our goals and we go, okay, you know, I, I've achieved. We look at our past and we go, well, what have I achieved in the past? And I could achieve a little bit more than that. Yeah. Right. Mm. And so we just keep kind of repeating the same behaviors and getting the same results in our life. And because we pursue certainty, most people go, I'm afraid to go after these big goals and dreams because I don't know if I could make them happen. Yep. But I know that if I just keep showing up to work, I'll keep getting a paycheck and that that's good enough to pay the bills. Mm. Yep. Right. And so most people never, ever pursue their biggest goals and dreams. And the second decision I made was extraordinary effort, you know, and you might think, well, Okay, so I got to believe in myself and I got to work hard. Thanks, Hal. That's really revolutionary. <laughs> but that's while these two decisions, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. While these two decisions are deceptively simple in their explanation, they're extremely rare in their execution. An extraordinary effort does not necessarily mean working hard. It's not about hustling and grinding and you know working you know sixty to eighty hours a week. Like, can you do that and achieve success? Sure, but for me, extraordinary effort is really about putting forth consistent effort toward a single focus, a single goal, a single dream. Really important, and yeah. And here's, here's, the, here's the most important part. For as long as it takes to achieve that dream. Most people, they put forth a little effort, they maintain a little belief, and then as soon as things don't go according to plan, their faith goes out the window and then their effort follows right behind it mm -hmm. because once you don't once things don't go according to plan you start to doubt yourself that seed of doubt you water it with your attention and as you focus on it you think oh my gosh what if i what if i've i've bitten off more than i can chew 
What if I, 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 I can't really do this? What if I fail? Then all those what ifs turn into a lack of belief in yourself, in yeah. your goal. And then you stop really trying because you go, well, I, I gave it a shot. It squashes your motivation, squashes your effort. Yep. But if you look at the world's most successful people, they establish the faith they could do something they'd never done before. And they maintain that faith for as long as it took. It might have taken them 10 years to become a millionaire or become a bestseller or whatever, right? Reach their goals um, and to start their business, to get it off the ground, to to change thousands of lives, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes – you don't know how long it's going to take. In fact, here's a great example. My goal when the Miracle Morning came out, the book came out, and – you know, it, it, we didn't, it, didn't, it didn't do that great out the gate because I didn't have an audience. Um, but it started to get traction, and I started to get emails and reviews on Amazon saying, this book is – The Miracle Morning is changing my life. You know, and I, I got these radical, life-changing, you know, uh, testimonials yeah. from people. Mm. And then I went – I started to think bigger, and I went – and I set a goal. The first month that the book came out, I thought, okay, my goal is to sell – to change one million lives – one morning at a time and do that by selling 1 million copies of the book, of course. And I thought I wanted, I'm going to do, I'm going to do put everything in my power. And it was the miracle equation. I will maintain unwavering faith that I can change 1 million lives one morning at a time. And I will put forth extraordinary effort every day for as long as it takes to do that. And my goal was to do it in one year. Guess how many copies I sold that yearly out of, out of my, out of my 1 million goal. A uh, quarter of that. No, 10,000 copies. There you go. <laughs> now, if you do the math, I believe that's 99.9% short of the goal, right? Yeah. And now human nature, and I was definitely tempted with human nature, which is like, I, I guess I was kidding myself. I'm going to focus on something else now, right? Obviously, that goal was outlandish. And there's no, But no, no, no. I applied the miracle equation. I thought, I, I, I will maintain unwavering faith until... And if you're listening, un circle the word until, underline it three times. It's arguably the most important word when it comes to achieving extraordinary results in your life or what I call tangible, measurable miracles. Because the way a miracle is defined in society is often – it's a very loaded word. I don't mm. – do, it's not some – you know, it's usually thought of as a random or passive event. I define a miracle as any meaningful outcome – that is beyond what you believe is probable for you. Yes. Any meaningful outcome beyond what mm -hmm. you believe is probable for you. Like, so when you achieve it, it feels like a miracle. So for me, changing a million lives, that, that felt, that was a wild goal, you know? And it didn't happen year one, but I continued applying the miracle equation, unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. I did over 300 podcast interviews. I, I did, you know, hundreds of speeches. I did hundreds of my own podcasts. I gave... Over 100, you know, I mean, on and on. I put forth extraordinary effort yep. year after year after year after year toward a single goal. I didn't I didn't re impact a million lives the first year. I didn't do it the second year. Didn't do it year three, not year four, not year five. It was somewhere around six or seven years when the Miracle Morning finally reached a million people. But here's the most important lesson for all of us. When you finally get to the, when you finally reach your dream, your goal, when you finally get to the point in your life that you've been working for so hard for so long, you never wish it would have happened any sooner. Almost never. 
Instead, you look back and you see the perfection in your journey and you go, oh, yeah, I wanted to do it in a year. But now, in hindsight, I see why it took me six and it had to take me six. And I'm 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 at peace with that because now I've achieved everything I've ever wanted, what I set out to achieve. Yeah. And now it's time to you know set my sights on the next miracle. Wow, man. If that doesn't give you enough inspiration to go out there and pick up the book and have a read, I don't know what will. Um, well said. I, I, I can't really delve. I mean, I could delve into that further, but let's just, just summarize the book then. So you're obviously delving into that equation and it's quite a simple equation, but I guess there's a lot to unpack in each of those uh, parts of the equation, the faith, the belief, um, and how to develop that faith and belief and how to maintain it. Um, you talk about those um, aspects in the book as well. Um, and also the part with effort, you know, how to, to maintain that consistency and, and keep having that motivation, that effort to, to keep moving forward. Um, what else in the book do you, do you hope readers will get out of it to um, really create the miracles in their life? Are you there? Yes, we've just had a blackout here, mate. Oh, is that what it was? That's the first time that's ever happened. So, um, oh wow! Look, I, I was summarising it anyway. But look, I just want to I want to encourage the audience to go out there and pick up the books. And and I'm going to stick links in the show notes, guys. So check it out at thehiddenwide.com. This is episode 801. So type that in, and you'll be able to find Hal Elrod's interview with myself and uh, download some books or, or pick up a copy of the book and and have a read and uh, create your own miracles. And I think uh, for me, uh, where I was going with that is the miracle morning is a great way to to really embed that belief, embed that faith and motivate you to keep the effort and the consistency going towards whatever miracle you're chasing in life. Um, Hal, is there anything that you want to finalize and wrap this up with? Yeah, I'll, I'll say the, the here's the way that I look at the two books and they, they do kind of complement each other, mm. but you don't, you don't need both of them to, you know, to achieve success. The miracle morning obviously has, you know, changed millions of lives before the miracle equation was even a thing or, or was even a book. But, but here's the way to look at this. The miracle morning is your practice for daily personal development. And mm -hmm. I do believe that is the foundation of success. It enables you to become the person that you need to be with the confidence, the beliefs, the mindset, the habits, the skills, the behaviors to create anything you want in your life. But the personal development alone doesn't produce the results, meaning you could read a million books and meditate and you could be the most you know, enlightened human being on the planet, the most personally developed human being on the planet, but you could still do nothing after that, right? So you could still shy away from your biggest goals and dreams. So that's where I saw that the miracle equation, there was a huge need and opportunity hmm. because the miracle morning, while that's your practice for daily personal development, we all need a process for goal achievement. Yes. And that's what the miracle equation is. That's your process for goal achievement. And, you know, Lee, you kind of said it well here a, a minute ago, summing it up, is that unwavering faith and extraordinary effort, if all you do is hear that, yes, I need to maintain unwavering faith through all the ups and the downs and the fear and the self-doubt, no matter how long it takes, and I need to put forth extraordinary effort, which is consistent effort. If you just hear that, it doesn't give you much of a roadmap or a blueprint for success. And, and Lee, to your point, in the Miracle Equation book, I, I, it, you don't just hear that, yeah, you should do those things. You know, you have 200 pages of explaining and breaking down and simplifying and giving you practices, daily processes. And I do talk about how to infuse the Miracle Equation into your Miracle Morning so that you don't just understand that you should maintain unwavering faith, 
but you actually understand how to do it in a way that's really practical and actionable. Yeah. You don't just understand that, yeah, I, I know I need a more extraordinary effort, How? but I teach you how to make extraordinary effort feel ordinary. Hmm. How do you make it a daily process so that it's doing one thing a day and you don't feel overwhelmed, but you have a, a kind of a surefire blueprint, I call it your, your predetermined process, to make your success inevitable where it's only a matter of time. Yeah, it's perfect. It's very inspirational, mate. And I know there's a lot of um, practical takeaways in that as well, coming from just reading about the Savers acronym recently and, and having been incorporating that in my own life for many years. The formula is actually where I'm at now too, and it makes a lot of sense, you know, the the the, the effort and the belief, um, regardless of the results, the results will come if you have that un- undeniable belief going into it every day with the effort. Um, yeah, results will come, and, and I've certainly seen it in my life um, in, in certain aspects as well. So, mate, look, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate you sharing. Now, people can reach out to you. I know you've got a few um, different things going on there. You've got a podcast out there. You've obviously got the books. Um, you've got the website, hellelrod.com. Uh, you've also got the miraclemorning.com. How else can people reach out to you, Hell? Yeah, the, the probably the best place is I'm all I'm on all the social media channels, but as I mentioned, that the Miracle Morning community, that's the most valuable place yeah. where you'll get the most value. And I check in there, you know, virtually every day. And obviously I can't respond to everybody's posts, but mm-hmm. uh, the neat thing is our community is so self-sustaining. When you post something, you'll usually get dozens, if not hundreds, of comments of people engaging with you. So it really, you know, it's a really neat place to plug in, and I'd encourage everybody to uh, to check that out on Facebook. I'll stick that in the links too, guys, to check it out. Hell, once again, thanks for taking the time out, bro, and, and coming on the show. Lee, I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. That was awesome, guys. Check it out, thehiddenwide.com, episode eight hundred and one. And uh, until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. Peace. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwhite.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee martin until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon